0: Some people have a robust ability to detoxify and they're exposed to lots of heavy metals all the time. You know, they're in you know, lead-based paint and they have these fumes all around them, but for some reason their their detox system is, you know, working on overtime and it really helps them clear out the heavy metals. Other people, they have just a little bit of exposure to heavy metals, but their body just can't clear it out. So then they also tend to have a high level just because again, it builds up slowly over time
1: Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and it is my pleasure to introduce you today to Dr. Wiggy Saunders, somebody that I know off the air and am very pleased to be able to bring to you today. Hey Dr. Wiggy, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Well, I need to tell everybody about you just a little bit and tell them that you're an integrative medical physician. You are in fact an MD, right? Traditional med school, the whole nine yards.
0: That's correct. Yeah, so that you don't find many of my breed. So yeah, I I am a traditionally trained physician, but that doesn't necessarily define how I practice. Um, I do kind of steer away from the traditional mindset of medicine, and and I lean more towards the integrative or the natural side of medicine.
1: Which is probably one of the keys to your success thus far. Dr. Wiggy is a wellness consultant and a doctor for multiple celebrities and for CEOs and for people who are fast moving. And he's also been featured on the Doctor's television show discussing thyroid. And that's really one of your major areas of specialization, is it not, Dr. Wiggy?
0: That's right. Yeah. So I think from a national standpoint, people probably best know me as kind of a thyroid expert because that's. What where I spent a lot of my time and effort really learning and understanding. And I think we could do quite a few different podcasts just on thyroid conditions. And maybe, we, maybe we'll need to do that. But yeah, that's where people probably know me the best.
1: Guys, I will post to a number of things, including I've got a great photo of you on the doctor's TV show. So I'll make yeah, sure that, that, we that, was
0: that, an, that was a neat experience. That, that was pretty fun.
1: So, Dr. Wiggy, one of the things I want to talk to you about is something that I'm reading a lot about, and I don't totally understand it, and it's heavy metal toxicity, and I can't decide where the line is between problems I need to worry about and internet alarmism, (laughs) if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, yeah. You have to be careful what you read.
1: Right? And so, I'm reading some of these things, and we've talked on the show about... Uh, metal toxicity when you have mercury fillings. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We've talked about some of that, but we've never really delved into this topic of heavy metal toxicity, what it is, whether it's a real thing, Dr. Wiggy, sure. and what we need to do about it if that might be something that is actually a factor in our wellness.
0: Yeah, the thing is with heavy metal toxicity, this is the difference between you know traditional medicine and alternative medicine, medicine as far as when you think about uh, defining it as a problem or not. You know, If you ask uh, traditional internist is there a problem with with mercury or lead or is is there such thing as heavy metal toxicity (laughs) most of the time you're going to hear no there's no such thing as mercury toxicity there's no such thing as problems from amalgams you know that's just kind of uh, hogwash but let me tell you it is a serious issue and we see this all the time in the practice that people are coming in with a variety of complaints and a lot of times it does seem to be tied to again a heavy metal toxicity
1: So what is it? When we say heavy metal toxicity, what actually is that condition?
0: Heavy metal toxicity is basically just a buildup of heavy metals. You probably have heard of the two biggest ones. You know These are uh, pretty well known, but things like mercury and lead, those are the two biggest players when it comes to heavy metal toxicity. But it goes beyond that. So there's a lot of other metals on top of that. So there's also, there's arsenic, there's cadmium, there's bismuth there's all these other metals that can accumulate in the body and the problem with these is that they do tend to build up in tissues and that's where that toxicity comes out. When the metals reach a certain point, a certain toxicity level, that's when symptoms start to develop.
1: Okay, so am I understanding correctly that we're going to have some level of these metals in our system kind of regardless, is that right?
0: Yeah, unfortunately the world we live in we're going to be exposed to heavy metals really kind of from day one and so if you check anyone for heavy metals especially with the testing that we do you're gonna see some degree of you know mercury lead and these other other heavy metals but a lot of times again they're asymptomatic because the levels are are low enough it's when again when they get to a higher levels and also when there's multiple heavy metals that are all high because they also work synergistically to create problems
1: Okay, so it's the buildup and the accumulation that starts to sort of move the needle past tipping point?
0: That's right. So, you know, a lot of times it can just be, you know, one heavy metal that's, that's off the charts. You know, you have some patients that come in where their mercury is again just is super high. But other times, it's interesting, we have uh, other people that come in and they just have, you know, three or four heavy metals that are just, you know, borderline elevated. But again, they still have a lot of symptoms because all those uh, heavy metals working together they can cause a lot of problems.
1: Okay, how do you get this? Like, Why does this even happen in the first place? What are some examples? And I suppose they're different if, depending on what the metal is. So how, did, how does it happen?
0: There, there's lots of sources for these heavy metals. And again, just the world that we live in these days is full of them. So let's take, for example, mercury. This one is relatively straightforward. Mercury is almost always uh, a result of the metal amalgams in the teeth. You can also get mercury from, you know, contaminated uh, fish from seafood, and then you can also get it just from other toxins just in our environment because there tends to be a little bit of uh, mercury just in the air and the food and the water that we, that we drink. But then there are other, some other heavy metals um, like lead, lead tends to be more of a problem from like piping. But, you know, sometimes we don't even know where the source is. We just see that the levels are high and we got to get them out of them.
1: How do you know when you see someone come into your practice that this might be an issue?
0: Well, that's where the, the clinical experience is a key component to it. So we don't just go off and check everyone for heavy metals. We're kind of looking for specific complaints to make us think, well, you know, maybe that's something that's going on here. You know, whenever I hear someone complaining of certain uh, neurologic or psychiatric problems, that's kind of on the top of my list for thinking about heavy metals. So, because the problem is with these, with these metals is that they tend to accumulate in fatty tissue. And the fatty tissue, one of the, most, the, one of the major sources is actually the brain. The brain is full, of, is full of fat. And so, you can actually get a lot of heavy metals like mercury and lead in the brain. So, again, anything that affects the brain, that's where you can have those symptoms, again, those neurologic symptoms. So, we see things like, uh, again, even as random things as headaches. There are um, a lot of, um, like peripheral neuropathy is a common thing that we see. Uh, actually psychiatric conditions, huh. uh, anxiety, depression, bipolar, those all also tend to be affected by these, by these heavy metals.
1: Okay, so if you are suffering from some of these conditions, I mean, it sounds like it's worth getting your heavy metal load tested before you do anything more extreme.
0: From integrative standpoint, You know, that's our job is to kind of be the diagnostician and the detective to identify which certain patients need to have this testing and what what patients don't really need to have this testing done uh, initially because it's kind of hard to define, but symptoms can develop by, again, one major problem like heavy metals or it can be a combination of lots of other different factors all working together to result in that same problem. So some people with, let's say, depression, They don't necessarily have to go and get heavy metals done done right away. Maybe they need to have their thyroid fixed or their hormones fixed. So a lot of this really does depend on kind of the clinical experience of the physician versus just saying everyone with these conditions really need to go and have them done. So it's kind of tricky.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And then if you were doing this test though, what what do those tests look like?
0: Yeah, so there's a couple different tests that you can do for heavy metals, and uh, I've done them all, and I've I found that certain ones seem to work better than others. Um, there's serum testing that you can do. You know, that's kind of the, again, traditional mindset is to do blood testing, but the problem with blood testing is a lot of times these heavy metals, they don't float around in, in the blood. Like I said, they do tend to accumulate in tissues, so if you do a uh, blood test, a lot of times the levels will be fine. You won't really see any, any sort of buildup of, of these heavy uh, Heavy metals like mercury or lead. So, I don't really put a lot of weight on the blood levels. Another way that you can do it is actually to do a a hair analysis. Hair analysis is not bad. Um, That's where you basically just cut off a little bit of your hair, send it off to a lab, they uh, analyze it and see if there's heavy metals in the the hair. That's a decent test, but the problem with that test is again, it only really shows more acute exposure. So, if you had something happen uh, recently, then maybe you want to think about doing uh, hair analysis. But the test that I like the most is actually a, a urine test. And the specific type of urine test that we do is called a chelation challenge test. And what we do with that is we actually give someone chelating agents. Chelating agents being something that actually binds to the heavy metals and can actually pull it out of the tissue. So we give them the chelating agents and then we have them collect urine over the next six hours. And then we see how much or how many heavy metals are actually excreted in the urine.
1: I feel like I skipped past too quickly kind of what these symptoms look like and how this might manifest in your patients or in Mm -hmm. what you see. And some Mm -hmm. of the research that I did said that it can manifest itself or make itself evident to you if you're suffering from, say, recurring infections because the heavy metals displace Mm -hmm. like important Mm -hmm. vitamins and minerals. Can you talk about that?
0: Oh, yeah. Heavy metals are really hard on the immune system. So, the way that I think about, you know, symptoms from a heavy metal standpoint, I really kind of break it up into, I guess it'd be three or four different categories. But one of those categories is uh, immune system dysfunction, just a weakened immune system. So, you could be one of those people that whenever someone coughs in the, you know, same room as you, you're going to catch it. That's a weakened immune system. Or again, there's just one of those things where you always have sinus infection or you always have Uh, bronchitis. You're just one of those people again that tends to be sickly. You tend to have a lot of these these infections because yes the heavy metals basically confuse the immune system and so it doesn't allow you to fight things off uh, as quickly but it also seems to be related to auto, autoimmune conditions. And that's another very important thing, That uh, another distinction to make is that whenever I see someone that comes in with or autoimmune diseases or certain tests that would suggest an autoimmune disease like a you know, positive ANA or that have Hashimoto's or rheumatoid factor, whenever I'm seeing those autoimmune um, signals, then I'm also thinking about, again, heavy metals. Because a lot of times, again, it does tend to confuse the immune system. And so instead of attacking things that it should be attacking, like if, you know viruses and bacteria and all the bad guys, it actually tends to get confused and start attacking its own tissue. And that's where the autoimmune side can develop.
1: And what is ANA, Dr. Wiggy?
0: So ANA is anti-nuclear antibody. It's just a general... Um, autoimmune tests that we do just to see if there is some autoimmune disease going on. ANA is one of them and then uh, rheumatoid factor. Those are kind of the two um, general tests that we do and there's lots of other tests where we're looking for specific autoimmune conditions.
1: And then what about like that brain fog and the neurological impacts?
0: Yes. This is probably the the biggest complaint uh, that people have if they are having some degree of heavy metal toxicity because like I was saying, these heavy metals, they tend to accumulate in tissues and they tend to prefer kind of fatty tissues. And the brain is one of those areas that t- it tends to accumulate in. So it can go all over the brain. It can cause all sorts of brain dysfunction, just like it can cause immune dysfunction. So anything that affects the brain, you know how, how important the brain is. and <laughs> But the brain, again, is responsible for everything. So you can have, you know, memory problems. You know, you just feel like you can't recall things as well. That's a common complaint. You can have uh, headaches just because, again, basically the brain is sensing that there are things in there that shouldn't be there. So we typically see people that have chronic daily headaches. They also have high levels of, uh, of heavy metals, especially mercury and lead. Um, another thing that it can do is actually cause problems in the peripheral nerves. And that's just another extension of the, of the central nervous system. Uh, one example that I can tell you is a, is a patient that I've been seeing probably for the past year or so. Um, she had been, of course, to all the other doctors. You know, she's been all over. And she, her main complaint was just that she was losing sensation of her feet. She basically just couldn't feel anything anymore. It's called uh, peripheral neuropathy. She had none of the underlying diseases that typically cause that, like, you know, diabetes, or again, like an autoimmune disease, nothing like that. they couldn't. They couldn't find anything. They basically said, "Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. You're going to lose your sensation of your feet sooner or later. Get used to it." Oh I mean, that's <laughs> that's basically what they said. So you know how frustrating and depressing that was for her. But she didn't give up, which was which was great. So she said, "Look, something's going on. You know, I, I eat well. You know, I try and take care of myself. I exercise, but but I really." cannot feel my the bottom of my feet. And it's kind of and it's starting to work its way up. So again, whenever I'm thinking, whenever there's some neurologic dysfunction, because again, heavy metals affect the brain and it also affects the nerves. I'm thinking that there's, there could be something going on there. So we did, the, uh, we did a heavy metal test. And then this, this scenario, we did the pre and post uh, chelation test. And her heavy metals were, were crazy high. They're off the charts. You know, there's, there's a kind of normal range. And then there's a borderline range. And then there's a high range. And then there's basically off the chart range. And she was off the chart with a couple of her heavy metals. And so what we did, we started her on the chelation treatment. And slowly but surely, she started to regain her, her neurologic function. Her sensation in her feet is coming back. And so it's, uh, it's almost getting back uh, closer back to normal now. But that's just one example, but it's such a cool response to show you how important it is to think about these things when people are dealing with these with these neurologic dysfunction.
1: That's why I'm so glad that we have media like this or this channel because I don't I don't understand how people can find out about this except almost by accident or luck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of interesting and it's almost kind of backwards the way that medicine works these days because a lot of what we're taught, let's say in you know medical school, in some ways it's outdated and a lot of times we're neglecting looking at these other things and if you and if you weren't taught it, then you're somehow considerate being you know not reliable or that it's not even useful looking at so that's what's that's what's frustrating is that I think a lot of patients are are learning about these things from these types of podcasts and and they're they're reading about them and they're and they're actually becoming very well educated with it but then they'll go present it to their doctor and they say no there's no such thing as you know heavy metal toxicity you know again good good luck that's that's unfortunately what a lot of times what what happens so it, it is frustrating and I understand that and I, and I relate to that because I hear it all the time and I, I apologize if, if anyone listening to this has already gone through that. But, you know, the good news is there are people out there and we're learning and we're, we're, uh, we're treating people and we're getting good results. And I think more and more people that are pushing for this type of thing is also going to, you know, slowly but surely change the medical culture as well.
1: And in addition to it still being considered by some parties like fringe medicine, which right. which blows my mind because it's actually science-based. There's right. data. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. There's a ton of research on this.
1: You're not like waving a crystal over somebody and saying, I feel that your metals are too high. I mean, <laughs> you're looking at the metal content in their system.
0: Right. Well, you got, you do have to be careful. There are some doctors that basically do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, I, and maybe there's something to it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's fine. No judgment here.
0: But, yes, that's right. I, I'm open-minded to it. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of patients, and I think that's why our practice has grown so quickly, patients are looking for someone that is science-based, that understands the literature. They understand both sides to it. You know, I understand the, the traditional literature, and I understand the, the natural and the alternative literature, and be able to come up, again, with kind of the best of both worlds. And, yes, this is well-studied. You know, this is, this is well studied for all the different things that heavy metals can cause. And so it's not really fringe at all. And if you look at other, you know, parts of the world, you know, like Germany, this is kind of one of their main states of treatment is to do chelation.
1: Interesting. And did that happen because there was some sort of um, mass exposure? How did that rise to the forefront in their culture and not in ours?
0: But I think it's just because they, they paid attention to the literature differently than we did, you know, and I think that they were using this and they were seeing the results, and so it kind of stuck. You know, I think Americans, we tend to think that we're the best at everything and, and we're good at lots of stuff, but there are things that I think we, we don't do uh, quite as well as other people.
1: All right, Dr. Wiggy, are there any other symptoms that we should be talking about?
0: So, so far we've talked about, to to summarize, we've talked about immune dysfunction. So, that's with a weakened immune system, but also with um, autoimmune disease. And then we also see any sort of neurologic dysfunction, and that includes anything that affects the brain or the peripheral nervous system. So, you'd have to be thinking about things like headaches and migraines and neuropathies, but also psychiatric things, you know, things like anxiety, uh, that's a big one, Uh, depression, uh, sleep disturbances, that's another big one. Uh, if people are having trouble sleeping, that affects the brain. Um, that can be from a result of heavy metal toxicity. But the other thing that heavy metals are really hard on is the heavy metals are really hard on the arteries. Huh. So... Again, when you're talking about different parts of the world and how they um, and how they approach things, actually in Europe, a lot of times they use chelation to help with cardiovascular disease because what the theory is is that there can actually be a buildup of these heavy metals in um, in fatty tissue. But when you look at you know what makes up atherosclerosis, what makes up the plaque in these arteries, it is fat and cholesterol, right? But what kind of helps bind it together is there seems to be some degree of heavy metals. So a lot of times if you see someone that has had a heart attack early on, and a lot of times if you check them for heavy metals, you'll see that their heavy metals are high. And so actually you, we use that as part of our uh, cardiovascular uh, treatment as well as to get them cleaned out of these heavy metals.
1: So just to summarize again, this is not even necessarily about somebody who had massive exposure to lead or somebody who has had a mouth filled with amalgam fillings, but we're exposed to this stuff through our makeup. Through our mm-hmm. water supply, through our health and beauty products, and then, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have. And this. in the air we breathe. Oh, great.
0: Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is. And a lot of times, again, so yeah, all of us are gonna have some degree of, again, just heavy metals in our system. It's just, it's just inevitable, just like we all have some degree of other toxins and pesticides. It's just, again, it's just kind of the, the nature of the beast in, in the world that we live in now. But what we see is that it does tend to be the, – the toxicity level tends to be related to, again, two factors. One is the amount of exposure of heavy metals that you're exposed to. And then the other thing is actually our body's natural ability to detoxify. Some people have a robust ability to detoxify and they're exposed to lots of heavy metals all the time. You know, they're in you know, lead-based paint and they have these fumes all around them. But for some reason, their uh, their detox system is is, you know, working – on overtime and it really helps them clear out the heavy metals. Other people, they have just a little bit of exposure to heavy metals but their body just can't clear it out so then they also tend to have a high level just because again it builds up slowly over time.
1: If this is accumulating in fatty tissue, does your actual body fat percentage impact how susceptible you are?
0: Oh, absolutely. Another symptom of heavy metal toxicity potentially can be um, an inability to lose weight or actually being, being obese.
1: Because it's clinging to that...
0: That's right, because... A good way to think about this is that, again, heavy metals are dangerous, right? They're bad for our for our organs and for you know all the necessary things in our body to keep us functioning well. What, a lot of times what our body does takes the heavy metals and it sequesters them into fat cells. And so our body wants to kind of keep them isolated and keep them away from the rest of our organs. So it actually makes it harder for our bodies to burn fat and break down those fat cells because it doesn't want us to be releasing all those heavy metals into the circulation.
1: So if you combine all of- Of those factors in this education that you're giving us is Mm -hmm. it is it safe to say that one of the things that you can do to combat this is quite simply allow your body to detox itself like support its natural inclination to detox by feeding it the right things by trying to maintain A healthier body fat percentage. I mean, I don't mean it's simple, but one of the best things you can do, I would assume, is to not make the burden on your body any harder than it needs to be.
0: Uh, Of course, yeah. There are lots of natural things that one can do in order to help keep their toxicity level to a minimum. You know, probably the most important thing when it comes to at least just starting getting the balance back in, uh, back in order is to first reduce your exposure, you know, and you were already kind of talking about all the different things that you can get, but if we can stop either putting it into our body or onto our body, then our, that allows, you know, the natural detox system to start kicking in and to start clearing these, these heavy metals because, again, if we're not exposing ourselves to anything, all of us have some degree of detox capacity. And we can start getting rid of them. So you know, a lot of times when we're dealing with that, we say, "Look, this is first thing we need to do is to clean up. I mean, you gotta, we got we got to clean up the diet. You know, so that means we're going to you know, cleaner foods, trying to go to the organic foods as much as possible. Nothing processed. Definitely nothing with high fructose corn syrup. That is one of the worst sources for uh, potentially that has uh, mercury in it. Um, so really? we get. Oh yeah, you want to get rid of high fructose corn syrup for sure. Get rid of all the processed foods, go to as many vegetables basically as possible. You know, eat lots of the the green leafy vegetables, a lot of the cruciferous vegetables. Those all tend to help turn on the body's detoxability. But the other thing, and like I said, you mentioned this from the from the skincare standpoint, skincare is actually one of the worst culprits. You know, if you look at the way that these things are made. A lot of these things, you know, lipstick and makeup and I don't know, all those other things that, that women put on. Yeah, don't ask me. I, I don't know those. But if you look at how they're made, they're, a lot of these are made from petroleum. A lot of them are petroleum-based. And if you look again how all the, all the uh, heavy metals that are in these petroleum-based products, again, they're very high. And people may not think that putting it on the skin and putting it on the lips, you may not think that you're going to absorb it. But you do.
1: I have tried to clean up the products that are in mm-hmm. my bathroom, you know, my beauty routine and whatnot. And I try to only put things on that I could technically eat. <laughs> there you go. But I say that and I'm sitting there thinking about that's great. I use coconut oil for lotion. You know, I that's wash good. my face with oil, like natural oils. Mm-hmm. But, but Dr. Wiggy, I'm putting on makeup and I am not reading the ingredients because I don't want to know.
0: Right. Well, you know, ignorance is bliss sometimes.
1: I'm rubbing metals on my
0: face. No, it's, yeah, it's true. I mean, you you really do need to look at those things like that. There tends to be heavy metals in in most of those things, but you really do need to be turning towards uh, cleaner personal care products. There was a study that, that was done to see how many toxins a woman was exposed to uh, before she even left the house, like a, you know before she left the house to go to work. And I remember the ballpark number was around 300 different toxins. And that's from, again, from, from all the personal care products from the soap, from the conditioners, from the shampoos, from the towels, from the detergents that are used, from the food that they are eating. It's kind of ridiculous how many toxins are we're just being exposed to every day. Again, it sounds like you've done a nice job trying to clean up with those things, but again, it's just all over the place.
1: Yeah, and you can honestly, it can just, be entirely overwhelming and sometimes it can just almost be utterly frustrating yeah. you just think i can't win i can't win but you know what that's not true because yes we live now in a time and place where we have far more toxins around us than say our great great grandparents oh, did yeah. great fine our bodies will adapt to some degree the yeah. point i think here is that we have so much that is in fact within our control so very much that oh it would, yeah it would be a mistake to say that we don't have any power here
0: well and i think- think, yeah, and, and that's a good point because it can be overwhelming saying, yeah, go and only do all natural makeup, only eat organic foods, only drink ultra-purified water, only drink air that's from a can. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you can't, it's just, it, it is it, it is overwhelming. But, you know, a lot of times what I tell my patients, and this is just for anything that we're trying to fix, is, hey, just just take one step. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the first step is going to be, you know, let's go look at a cleaner or a more natural makeup. Hey, that's a great first step. You know, go and do that. Or if it just means that we're going to go and we're going to start trying to eat more organic foods. Great. You just go and do that. So, like I said, it's not about being, you know, from zero to 180 overnight. That, that doesn't work. It is about taking those, sta- those steps and being focused on continuing to take those steps in order to be healthier. So, you know, a couple years down the road, you are where you need to be.
1: Well, and that's a really good point. And I'd love to talk more about how do we fix it in general, because I do believe that even if you're not showing severe signs of of heavy metal toxicity, I do understand that it's cumulative. So honestly, anything that we can do to reduce our heavy metal load now, whether it's manifesting itself in Mm -hmm. these overt symptoms or not. Anything we can do to reduce that load now is a good move, right? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to to detox and getting rid of heavy metals, or even just getting rid of any sort of toxin, the key here is first, again, to reduce your exposure. That's, that's you know, the most important thing.
1: Okay, so that's step number one, step number two, and step number three. <laughs> yeah, it really
0: is. I mean, again, that's that's, that's crucial. And then the, the next step beyond that is to start getting your body's natural detox systems kind of up and running because, again, if you get them... Where they're functioning better and they're working more efficiently, you're going to be start you're going to start clearing things out. So the way that we get rid of heavy metals and through and uh, and toxins in general is that we have three main. Ways to get rid of them. One way is to sweat them out, so you can get rid of them through the skin. You can also pee them out, so you get rid of them through the kidneys, and then you can poop them out, so you get rid of them through the, through digestion and through the through the liver. So those are the three ways to do that. So from like a sweating standpoint, go and exercise, move, you know, go do hot yoga. You know, we go and do the uh, the hot yoga.
1: That's actually, I think, where I met you.
0: <laughs> that and that probably was, and that's and that's actually the reason why I go is I go to help Im- improve my detox ability. And I know that kind of sounds funny that that's the purpose to go to to hot yoga. But that's the truth. That's actually the reason why I make it a priority to get up and get over there by 530 in the morning. And you've seen me at my worst.
1: Nobody has to look good in hot
0: yoga. Bagging in the eyes and hair all over the place, looking like a a crazy man. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, sweating is key. That's the first step. Uh, Infrared sauna is another really good source. If you can't do infrared or far infrared, just go to a regular sauna. Okay, tell Uh,
1: everybody what infrared. I'm obsessed with this concept now, and I only just discovered one locally. So share what infrared sauna is. So
0: infrared is basically just a spectrum of light. And the reason why it's called far infrared is that it actually penetrates deeper into the body than just like regular uh, saunas can. So the theory behind it is that it actually can get down into the deeper levels of the tissues and also down into the kind of the layers of the organs. And it starts to mobilize these toxins and the heavy metals out of the tissues because, again, it improves the circulation and the lymph drainage. And so you actually have a better detox ability when you're using something like a far infrared sauna.
1: Okay. And if you can't find a far infrared sauna near you, you're suggesting that just a standard traditional sauna is also still yeah. a nice tool. A nice oh, yeah. Tool
0: still works well so again it's just like again, you can't be perfect with everything so if you have access to a far infrared sauna great if you have access to just a regular sauna also very good if you have access to you know a hot yoga studio great you know there's lots of things that you can do but the more you sweat the better so that's kind of that's kind of the first thing is kind of get it rid of through through the skin and then the next one is get get rid of the toxins through the through the kidneys and through the urine and the key with this one is going to be just drinking lots of water pretty simple but one thing that's often neglected you know i i think people often also tend to overestimate the amount of water that they drink a day.
1: I do. I always think that I've had so much water. And then when I actually think about it, I've had like, you know, 30 (sighs) ounces.
0: Like a a cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, except most people are grossly are just not getting nearly enough water and hydration in order, again, to keep the kidneys fully hydrated, keep the blood vessels fully hydrated and really start to kind of clear these things out. So lots of water. Uh, You know, I shoot for around 80 to 100 ounces of water a day. I might even get closer to 140 some days especially if I've exercised that day or if I did hot yoga. I probably drink probably double that just because you have to. And then the uh, the last thing is getting uh, toxins through the digestive system, kind of through the bowel movements. And actually, the, the most important thing with that is actually just making sure you're having regular bowel movements. Again, most people are walking around constipated, and when you're constipated, you're not going to have any ability to clear out the toxins from the stool. So just getting getting regular bowel movements at least once, preferably twice a day, is going to be, that's going to be the most important thing.
1: And, and people, I think, take this stuff for granted sometimes, they don't understand how integrated this all is. Oh yeah.
0: It's it's key.
1: What about supplements and foods, Doctor Wiggy? What's your take on that? Are there things that we can add in to our diet to help oh, yeah. us along?
0: First thing is just get rid of the bad foods. That's that's most important. But then you know vegetables are probably the the mainstay for detox foods. Especially the kind of the darker the vegetable, typically the better. So anything like the green leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, collards. You know all those they tend to really help stimulate the uh, the liver and the uh, the de- detox uh, pathways. The other um, vegetables that are really important for getting rid of uh, heavy metals are the cruciferous vegetables. So, so those things like broccoli, uh, cauliflower, brussels sprouts, like a kale is, is uh, considered a cruciferous vegetable, those are very important, again, for also getting the enzymes in the liver to be fully, fully effective and uh, working as optimally as they can. And then veget- you know fruits also important, not as important, but you know there's some of the phytonutrients that you can get through some of the berries, like uh, the blueberries, um, darker grapes, Again, like the muscadine grapes, they tend to work pretty well. So, again, the darker the fruit and the vegetables, the better. The more of the the vegetables, the better. Um, I, I kind of go along the pegan mindset. You may have heard of that. Ever heard of pegan?
1: Tell, tell us what pegan is.
0: Pegan is actually a term created by one of my mentors, Dr. Hyman, and it's basically a uh, combination of paleo and vegan. So the problem with, again, with one of those or just those individually is paleo is, tends to be too too meat-heavy. Mm-hmm. Tends to be just, you know, eat as much meat as you want and, and you're fine. And then uh, vegetarians tend to be too carb-heavy, so they tend to be too much too many of the grains and, uh, well, I guess, just other starchy carbohydrates. So pegan is basically… Lots and lots of vegetables, but mostly the um, kind of green leafy vegetables. That should be the bulk of the meals. And then some meat and then a little bit of starch and then, like I said, some fruit.
1: Okay, I love it. So, like a plant-centric paleo.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely plant-centric. Okay, I'm digging it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, that's kind of the, the diet I kind of prefer. But then something else that actually works really well from a um, nutrition standpoint is actually juicing. But juicing is basically taking those vegetables and you know packing them into a, a small amount of volume, so you can actually kind of overload the system with all those really powerful phytonutrients. So, any of those juices that are really green based, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, go you know, do orange juice, that's not, that's not like a juice that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the, a really, a real healthy greens juice that has a lot of those vegetables I was talking about like kale, you know, spinach, colliers, it has, you know, all those phytonutrients really packed into a juice. Because again, when you're doing that, you're basically washing out the liver and the kidneys because you're getting a lot of hydration, but you're also getting a lot of those phytonutrients that tend to really stimulate the the detox pathways. And one of the things that I do think is probably important for most people that are doing any sort of detox program is to probably have some, either incorporate some juices in or actually do like a half juice day or like a full juice day and just give their digestive system a break, really kind of wash out the the kidneys and the and the liver and just give their, give their digestive system a chance to kind of uh, just take a bit of a breather.
1: Oh, and that reminds me, I wanted to ask you that I have read that if you juice, as a part of the juice that you're making already, if you add cilantro or is mm-hmm. it parsley, is that mm-hmm. right? That those are actually chelating agents?
0: Oh yeah, those are great. Those are great. So if you can have, yeah, juice, um, yeah, with like uh, cilantro, parsley, mint, um, any of those more, they're, they're really kind of pungent, yeah, it doesn't take much. Those herbs, it. yeah, you don't need to use much, but but any of those really kind of more pungent herbs tend to really really help with with detox. And that kind of leads me into one of the the natural treatments for when we actually start doing chelation is that if we're not doing juicing, then you can actually take them take capsules. And I generally recommend doing like uh, chlorella or, or cilantro or parsley, and you can do you can do a kind of a capsule uh, of each of those and do that twice a day. And that's kind of where I was talking about the synergistic side of treatment is that those things working together, I think there was a study done that actually showed that I think it was partially or no, cilantro and I think it was cilantro and parsley. But those two together actually had really similar results to actually the medications when it came to uh, to, to chelation. So they worked synergistically. Okay. When you do the two together, they actually tend to to, again, to enhance each other's ability.
1: Okay. And I actually buy chlorella as a, as a powder, as a free powder. Mm -hmm. And I keep it in the refrigerator and I just put that powder either in a smoothie or in like a smoothie bowl or something. Is that useful?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I said chlorella is one of the mainstays, again, in the integrative community as far as you know, chelation goes because, again, that has been studied and it's been shown that chlorella can actually go and bind to these heavy metals and help them clear, clear out of the system. So, yeah, generally, if, you know, if we're going to do more natural stuff, I'll kind of start off with maybe uh, cilantro and chlorella and maybe do that for you know, three to six months and then recheck the test and see if the levels have gone down. And a lot of times, again, a lot of times they have, and that's all that we need to do is just do the natural stuff. But if that doesn't work, there are some, you know, medications that sometimes have to be used if we need to be a little more aggressive as far as pulling these things out.
1: Okay, so that would be sort of the last resort, and what does that look like?
0: Yeah, so the last resort, we generally use a combination of medications to help pull the the heavy metals out. But it also depends on getting what heavy metals that you have. So, if you have, again, a combination of different uh, heavy metals, then you tend to have to use a combination of different uh, chelating agents. So, a lot of times what we use, especially if there's, you know, high levels of of lead and mercury, which are the two most common, a lot of times we use um, EDTA, which is a chelating agent. Uh, The nice thing about this chelating agent is that it's actually available over the counter. Now, you do have to be careful with this one because, again, whenever you chelate, you are chelating in the heavy metals, but you're also pulling out minerals as well. So that's one thing people do need to be careful with and they probably should be supervised if they're using something like EDTA for for chelation just because you can get mineral deficient when you're doing that. So EDTA is one of the things that we use and then the other thing that we use and this is a uh, typically a compounded medication but we use something called DMSA. DMSA is just a acronym for a really long word Um, but that is a um, one of the the mainstays for uh, chelating especially for getting rid of mercury
1: All right, so I'm going to link to this and more information about these things for the people who want to deep dive into that. I'll link to that in the show notes as well as I'll actually post the link to the chlorella that I use so people can see that too. Yeah, that'd be good. And I know that you have quite a few resources on your site just actually with regard to this and a myriad of other topics. So we will be sure to share that with folks as well. Yeah, Okay, I, this is—I mean—I just got schooled on heavy metals. This is—this so, is—I like, can't believe that so much time has passed already. Actually. I know
0: that was—that was fast.
1: I know it. Let me squeeze in, Doctor Wiggy, just a few really quick, like a lightning round. I lightning have, round. Yeah, I'm just gonna shoot round. some things at you. And you okay. Either, yes, it's helpful. No, it's not. Or you know, who knows? No sure, idea. that's
0: good. That's a good idea.
1: Okay, water filter—is that something we should be looking into for our homes?
0: Yeah, actually, I do recommend the cleaner the water, the better.
1: How about canned food so my folks know that you don't want to be eating (laughs) out of cans that have bpa linings in them which is almost every can right there are some exceptions and that would be like canned fish so canned fish eat or avoid
0: well, it also depends on which, which fish you're looking at. But if you're just talking about from the canning perspective, canning is probably is probably okay as long as you don't have the linings in it like the BPA. That's a whole other discussion about which fish you should be eating, which fish you should not be eating when it comes to mercury content. Like I said, you have to be careful with certain, with certain uh, of the larger fish. You have to be careful with certain tuna fish. You have to be careful with certain like swordfish. So again, yes, it's probably okay, but you do have to be careful with f- which fish you eat.
1: Oh, annoying. Okay, how about wild-caught canned salmon?
0: Yeah, if it's from Pacific wild-caught, yeah, should be fine.
1: And uh, just FYI, that's basically the only one that we have left in our pantry, and that you can get that at Costco. It's mm-hmm. wild-caught canned salmon, no BPA, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, wild-caught um, salmon is pr- typically pretty good, and then also these smaller fish. Tends to be pretty good. They're not. They might not have the same uh, taste profile, but actually, like um, sardines are actually a really good, really good option.
1: Oh, sardines. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are those are healthier than I actually want to admit. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're sardines, so.
0: (laughs) But they are sardines.
1: (laughs) They are in fact sardines. Okay, dry brushing.
0: Dry brushing, yeah, that stimulates the lymph system, stimulates circulation, yeah.
1: So dry brushing, guys, is just the loofah, the loofah brush and just mm-hmm. knocking out five minutes of skin brushing before your shower or before your bath or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. something else that, that just that's uh, not necessarily related but just reminds me of is actually magnesium baths. tends to work really well, um, but there does have to be a specific type of magnesium that's used. So you don't want to use magnesium sulfate, which is the Epsom salt baths. Those don't tend to work as well. What? You actually need to be using the magnesium Chloride baths.
1: I literally have like this huge glass jar of Epsom salts next to my bath.
0: Well, I'm sure it's nice and relaxing.
1: It's really lovely to look at. So nice
0: talk and relaxing, to me but <laughs> not great for but not great for, for detoxification. I mean, it's not bad. Anytime you're just warming up the body, improving circulation to the skin, you know, taking a nice bath again, that's not a bad thing to do. So it's not hurting you to do so. But the Epsom salts, the the uh, magnesium in that is a magnesium sulfate. And the sulfate um, bind agent that's bound to the magnesium that tends to not help the absorption of the magnesium into the body. So you tend to you have a nice relaxing bath, but it does, doesn't tend to do a whole lot. When you have the magnesium chloride baths, which is you know magnesium from like the Dead Sea, this is where you get a nice absorption of the magnesium into the system. And magnesium is is probably one of the most important minerals when it comes to detoxification. And we didn't even talk about that, but that is also very important
1: where how do you know that you're getting magnesium chloride and where on earth do you get that versus the Epsom salts?
0: Well, you do have to read some labels, but again, if you go to, if you go to just a general pharmacy or general, you know, Walmart or something, you're going to be getting Epsom salts. You're going to be getting the magnesium sulfate. That's again, that's the cheapest one to get and so it's easy to find. Yeah. Magnesium chloride, you can get that um, from lots of different places. You can get it from Amazon. You know, we carry a magnesium chloride from the Dead Sea in our practice.
1: Okay, I will do the homework for everybody, and I will link to these in the show notes, but do you, have, do you have all these products that you guys recommend? Do you have them in one place?
0: We do. So we have a store that, we, that we've uh, slowly grown just for our, for our patients just because, again, we, we had all these questions about, you know, which one should I take just like with the magnesium. So we have a store that we've, we've been uh, growing for our practice, but what we've been working on recently is actually having a store online for everybody. Because, again, there's so many different questions about which ones to take, you know, what's the right dose, what's their specific form to do. So, we're going to be opening up a new store. Um, So, we're really excited about it. But, again, all these products have been handpicked by either myself or my uh, partner, Dr. Bruce Lantelm. And they are top-notch, high-quality, good sources of all these things you're looking for.
1: So, where do we find that?
0: You can just go to -to healthasitoughttobe.com. I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but I think it says a lot in its meaning. It's, no, uh, it's
1: easy to remember. No, that's awesome. Health as it ought to be.com.
0: Yep. Yep, that's right.
1: Okay, we'll link to that. All right, and I'm going to get on there and get magnesium chloride. Bath salts. And dump and go my go ha- And go
0: have a nice bath. All <laughs> yeah, right. Relax.
1: Do you know how long this vat of Epsom salts that I bought, <laughs> do you know how long it's lasting? Because do you know how often I actually get to sit back and take, like, a I don't know.
0: How often? Once, <laughs> probably, a, once a year? Yeah,
1: once a year. It's the annual bath.
0: There you go. Well, I think it's about time for another one.
1: That's happening. All right. <laughs> Dr. Wiggy, clearly this will be happening again.
0: Yeah, this was fun.
1: you got to give us two tips before you jump off. What's one habit you want us to practice for one week?
0: You know, and this can go along the lines with what we've been talking about, but I would just say drink more water. You know, that is a simple thing to do just to help with your, with your detoxing, and again, a lot of times people are underestimating how much they're doing. So I would say go get like a Contigo water bottle, one that has the actual ounces on it, and try and drink like three of the 32-ounce bottles. Again, you have to be careful with how much you do for each person. But, you know, each person should be shooting for probably around 80 to 100 ounces.
1: Okay. I'm going with 3 times 32 ounces. And you said Contigo?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good one because it has the, you know, markings on it. So if you okay. fill it up to the top, it's 32 ounces. And so then you say, well, i got to drink three of these in a day. And it's not so egregiously large. It looks like, you know, one of those water jugs you carry around at the gym. This is just a, a nice looking water bottle. Yeah,
1: that's just silliness. Okay. Yeah, it is. All right. And what's one resource that you are currently digging and you want to share with us?
0: What we're learning a lot more about recently, and, and this is out of necessity uh, for our patients, is that we're learning a lot more about uh, about Lyme disease and about the co-infections that come along with that. So one of the... Um, Kind of experts in the area from the natural side of treatment to this is a guy named uh, Stephen Booner B U H N E R and he has a new book out and I believe it's called like Natural Lyme Treatments. Okay. But basically, what it is is it's a it's all the different natural herbals and um, and supplements that you can use if you're dealing with these with these different uh, infections. But it's also very evidence based. So he has basically a quarter of the book are all just references.
1: You know, it's so funny that you mention that because I have had. In the past couple of months, I have had half a dozen people ask me to cover Lyme. Oh, is that right? Yeah.
0: Well, there we go. Maybe that's maybe that's a good one to do. It's it is a bit of a hot topic. I will I will be honest with you with that one. It's a little
1: one. trendy right now.
0: I don't know. It's it's interesting because there's a lot of lot of tension around it. You know, just talking about it, people either you know really are interested or people are just like crazy offended about it. It's weird. I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting uh, topic.
1: Okay, Lime Drama coming to you That's right.
0: There is Lime Drama. That's no joke. <laughs> That's, I'm serious.
1: <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> Dr. Wiggy, clearly we could do a two-hour podcast, so instead we'll just do another one. There we go. All right, That's, friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. This is amazing. Thank you. All right, catch you later.
0: All right, talk to you soon.